BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hour number two now officially underway. College basketball March Madness. Can't wait to get through it all. Some teams have already punched in a ticket. Other teams today looking to punch their ticket. And as we said, the big boys, the Power Five conferences, tee it up tomorrow. And away we go into Selection Sunday coming up this Sunday. Games that we want to take a look at and have some fun with here at the FanDuel Sportsbook. First up on deck here, South Alabama and Louisiana in the Sun Belt Final today. You know what I enjoy about this, Joe Ranieri? I slide down to the FanDuel Sportsbook and I take a look and say, wonder what the odds are in this one. How about this one? It's basically a pick'em. A half of them, you know, half this way, minus a half this way. Mm-hmm. What's smarter? How can you cover that, Joe Ranieri, right? You take the minus one. I say he's got to win the game. Minus 102, minus 118, the splits on each side. This should be a fun one. If you're lining up South Alabama in this game, they actually knocked off App State, the top-seeded Southern Miss, and also JMU to get here. If you take a look at Louisiana, they fought off Georgia Southern and Texas State in this one, but also regular season action, which, again, factors into it. 2-0, Louisiana is over the University of Southern Alabama. Any looks in this game as they line this up here, or do you just take a look and say, one team's got hot, I'll stick with them, or do you just stick with the team that's beat them twice this season already? Well, it, it should be a good one, though, uh, Donnie, because I, I got to tell you, I mean, South Alabama yesterday was still yep. a dog, I believe, right, against James Madison mm-hmm. and end up uh, pulling it out there. Yep. And, um, I mean, it was so funny because they were terrible to start the year. I mean, they were good. What, 11 and 13? They started yep. out, and then all of a sudden, they went on a 5-2 run. They beat App State, Hartford, Southern Miss, uh, Monroe, and Texas State. And my goodness, uh, they already went through App State, Southern Miss, and now they've gone through mm-hmm. just about everyone they needed to go through, except for the Cajuns tonight here. I, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I think momentum is huge in these tournaments here in the mid-majors. So, yeah, yeah. who's hotter than South Alabama uh, right now? At a pick'em price, give me the team that refuses to lose and has found something here. We've seen lesser teams uh, go on yep. a roll and, uh, and beat teams they probably shouldn't have. Kind of fun, too. You take a look at the uh, South Alabama offense in conference play. Number one in effective Mm -hmm. field goal percentage on the season. Then you take a look at Louisiana. Actually, number one overall in efficiency on the season as it lines up. So a lot of good stuff to look forward to. Let me ask you a quick question here because looking at the conference tournament play, this game is going to be in Pensacola. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's a neutral court. Do you like the team that's won the three games and played bunch, 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 as opposed to the team that only played two just to continue to ride that hot hand? 
I, yeah, I mean, to me, I, I think you you do. I mean, a team that is an 11 and now on what? An 11 and 2 run in their last 13 games. Mm -hmm. If it ain't broke, Donnie, I would much rather just yeah. keep playing than have a extra day of doing what exactly? Like, no, just let's keep playing. Let's get it rolling. I don't think the extra game means anything at this point. Uh, they know what's at stake. There is no, you know, tomorrow, so uh, let's punch that ticket and move on. I think it's going to be a great game, though. It's probably going to be one of those games that's going to come down uh, to a possession or two at the end of it. I think we're going to get a pretty good pace in this next game, the SoCon Final, Chattanooga versus Furman at the Harris Cherokee Center mm -hmm. in Asheville, North Carolina. Things that I love about mid-major college basketball squaring up in this game because it looks like Furman is the better basketball team. They're favored to win this game as much as seven and a points now if you're looking at the TV side of it. A total, though, at 157 and a half. As we welcome in the radio audience here, you're watching and listening live on a Monday morning. It's Joe Aniri and Donnie Wrightside. The early line, Sirius XM Channel 159 on the Sports Grid Network. I love this because when you're just looking at both of these teams, Furman's offense in conference play, Joe, number one overall. But look at the three-point distribution here. When we're taking a look at Chattanooga, number one in conference play, 51% of their total shots come from behind the arc. If we flip it over to Furman, they're number two in conference play at 47% of their shots coming from behind the arc. It lends itself to fun, upsets, and if you are slightly behind that total, you'll need a couple possessions, a couple three balls to get you back in the game. Any thoughts here on Chattanooga and Furman here as they try to take that automatic bid down? Well, Furman was the class of the conference, right, all year long. Mm -hmm. And then Chattanooga yep. was at the bottom of the conference all year long, a 7-11 SoCon <laughs> record. Uh, but again, gets real hot real quick down the stretch and rides it into a, uh, into a game here. And by the way, Furman took their foot off the gas against uh, Western Carolina, which is why that game ended up going to overtime uh, yesterday. They were an 11 point favorite against Western Carolina in that one. And it did seem uh, they led by as many, I believe, as 15 at the break there. It looked like it was going to be a runaway, and then they stopped playing. Unfortunately, uh, Furman's also beat Chattanooga easily twice this year here, Donnie, in conference play. Yeah. If they take them for granted and think this is going to be an easy one, they are going to get sniped. And I think Chattanooga... Can't get in front of these teams that are playing out of their mind right now, and that's exactly what they're doing. So give me the mocks to get it done. How about that? Because Furman comes in, winners of 11 of 12 games before the conference tournament started right. here. And then you flip it over to Chattanooga and say, hey, you want to play your best basketball coming into the conference championships here? They lost three games in a row, which included losses to Samford and Wofford. And then what do they do? They beat Sanford and Wofford in the conference tournament and now find themselves here playing for a championship a lot on the line. Because as we said before, the loser of this game doesn't have a lot of parties like, hey, you know what? We'll get them tomorrow. Nope. There is no tomorrow. The winner goes on to the NCAA tournament. The loser probably goes home for the rest of the year. But how about this? In the next segment, the ACC, the AAC, and the Big East. Who wins what and when do they start playing? It's here. The Madness. Come on back with us. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, 
<laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Time to get the ball rolling here. Hour number two, certainly in full effect. Let's take a look here because instead of looking at individual games on the card today, we're going to go big picture here. Group of fives and power fives ready to get it rolling here. A lot of bids will be won. Some bids will be stolen. But you know we're going to start in the ACC, which this tournament, Joe Ranieri, does begin tomorrow at 2 p.m. Florida State and Georgia Tech. Now, the way we set the table for the ACC, the top four seeds in conference play all get double buys. The number one overall seed, the Miami Hurricanes. The number two overall seed, Virginia Cavaliers. Number three, Clemson Tigers. Number four, Duke Blue Devils. So everybody else is going to have an opening round game, but also some do get that single buy, like Syracuse, Wake Forest, Pittsburgh, North Carolina, and North Carolina State. It should be a great way to play out, but let's start here. The favorite in the ACC, the Duke Blue Devils at a plus 270 price, followed by the Miami Hurricanes at plus 350. I'm going to ask you this question right now. Are the Hurricanes getting slighted here in the betting markets? Because they're tied up here with Virginia and then North Carolina at the plus 650 price. But is Duke getting that top billing because, A, they deserve it? They're the fourth overall seed. Or the betting markets just go, hey, I'll take Duke in the ACC. Let me throw my money down on that. Well, I mean, they've had some nice wins down the stretch uh, here mm -hmm. uh, and a great win on the road against North Carolina in the last game. So recency bias. Uh, a lot of people see Duke, right? Well, it's got to be. Uh, it's mm -hmm. got to be Duke. They, they're not short of any talent. Uh, that is for sure. But they're very young. And oh, yeah, the other problem is, did anybody catch that game against Miami um, where they uh, they could have dropped 100 on them and beat them by 50 here? So. Um, yeah, I, I, I am not sold on Duke. I haven't been sold on Duke all year. Uh, Miami is my favorite to win this by far. They have been the most consistent team. They have, uh, between Isaiah Wong and that great free agent pickup there of Nigel, I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, the kid in the transfer portal, Nigel Pack, uh, they brought in from K-State. Yeah. Um, it's the best backcourt guys in the ACC by far. Throw in Jordan Miller. Uh, this team is an absolute monster, and they've already handled business against all of those top teams uh, in the ACC. I hate to say it, but the dark horse has got to be, if we're looking at experience, the mm -hmm. Tar Heels, uh, Baycott, Caleb Love, R.J. Davis, Leaky Black, all guys that were in the finals yeah. a year ago, if anybody's going to make a run at this, um, it's those guys who have been there and done this. They were in the same spot last year, don't forget. They were terrible right up until they weren't right before the ACC championship. They rode that right into the tournament and right to the finals. So um, they are, to me, that one team that we probably can't sleep on in this spot. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch you play out because, you know, atypical from a college basketball season. In the NBA, you're not going to play back-to-backs here during the season, but you're not going to play back-to-back-to-back, -back -back, and certainly not on four or five straight nights. If we line up the ACC, and let's just say you are on those first games, which are going to take place tomorrow, March 7th, Florida State, Georgia Tech, Boston College, Louisville, Virginia Tech, and Notre Dame. If either one of those schools wants to win the ACC championship in the tournament here, they're going to win five straight games on five straight days. The reason I bring this yep. up is because 
because when we look at the teams on the double bye, Miami, Duke, Virginia, and Clemson, they're going to play decent basketball teams that have already played in that neutral court and maybe, you know, playing well. Syracuse, if they beat Wake Forest, will take on Miami. Miami beat Syracuse by four points at home this year, but it's one of those where, hey, you know what? We came to the, the uh, arena already. We played in this. You know, I got the sight lines down. It felt good. We're staying at the same hotel. Are there any actual disadvantages for actually having the double buy as opposed to the single buy here, Joe? Um, yes, for younger teams, yes. I think for Duke, yes. If I'm Duke uh, and I've had it rolling here, I probably want to keep playing right now, right? I don't mm -hmm. want this double buy situation and have to sit around and wait. Uh, the more experienced teams, I don't think it's an issue. I don't think it's going to be an issue uh, for Miami. I don't think it's going to be an issue uh, for, um, you know, Clemson. I, it's certainly not going to be for Virginia uh, with uh, with Tony Bennett and uh, some of those guys there returning starters. So I, I think Miami and Virginia, not so much of a uh, distraction, but I think for Duke and Clemson, it might be uh, it might be an issue. Uh, they would pr much rather play a game in between than have the double bye. I think. By the way, we're not believing in Pittsburgh here, Joe. Eleven to one to win this tournament. Where if they would have beat Miami, which they didn't, they would have taken down at least a share of the regular season championship in the ACC. Disrespected or this is what we just figure Pitt is actually going to be. Pitt overplayed all year i mean they just they exceeded uh, even their own expectations at some point that's going to regress and i think uh i think that's exactly what you're going to to see yeah. here in this acc tournament as well now plus money is what we're getting from the acc now let's flip over some of these letters here and go to the aac which is the american and this actually begins Thursday, March 9th, not Tuesday, like the ACC does begin. South Florida, East Carolina will get it tipped off at 1230. There are no double buys in this league, Joe. It's a single buy. But obviously, as we know, Houston being the top seed and the number one overall team in the country, you're not getting plus money. If you want here at the FanDuel Sportsbook and think the Houston Cougars are going to cut down the nets here, that's a minus 320 price. So I'll start there. Is that worth laying for you, or can you see them possibly getting tripped up and you'd rather take a Memphis, who's the two seed, who played them tough yesterday at a five-to-one price? Well, there. listen, I, I would always look for a dog in this spot, except they got to play Houston. So, no, I'm out on that. Um, I am looking uh, only at Houston in this, but I do think prior to Houston, and I think it's going to be Houston-Memphis at some particular point. That's where it's going to end up, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but a couple yep. of inter interesting trends with the American Athletic Conference to keep in mind. Uh, and I thought, first of all, the opening round uh, on Thursday you mentioned, how about uh, favorites are now on a 17-1 and mm. straight up and 13-5 and ATS run since 2016. So in the American Athletic Conference, opening round favorites are absolutely teams that you want to uh, you want to go ahead and back in these spots here. They are favorites for a reason. Uh, there's not usually a whole lot of uh, crazy dogs that uh, that bite early on in the American Athletic Conference and uh, call me crazy. I, I, I think it's going to be Pretty chalky right through to the very end with Memphis and Houston basically going to meet one more time for the title. 
Yeah, and rightfully so. They're what we figure being the two best teams and also playing extremely well and close yesterday. Let's take a look yep. at the Big East live from the Garden. Certainly a staple there. A lot of fun teams. Now, we just talked about Houston and the AAC as a heavy favorite. Take a look at this. The top three teams in the Big East. UConn plus 230. Marquette plus 300. Creighton plus 300. Xavier plus 650. Big prices all the way around. Again, this is a one-by league. So the games that start up on Wednesday in the Big East, St. John's, Butler, Seton Hall, DePaul, Villanova, and Georgetown before that tops overall seed market, or excuse me, Marquette takes place here. And they start at noon at the Garden on Thursday. Looking at some of these prices, who do we have our eye on? Favorites, underdogs, or a team that can run the table here in surprise? I, I don't think, I, I think any one of those top six teams can win this thing here, Donnie. Marquette and Xavier. Yeah. Uh, Creighton, yeah. I don't have rated as high as they are seated right now at number three, but anybody playing better than UConn? Uh, Providence uh, is in all likelihood going to be a dog in, in their matchups coming up here. And then, of course, you got Villanova. Um, the bottom half, Georgetown, DePaul, Butler, uh, St. John's, and Seton Hall. Seton Hall can't score enough. So the bottom half is in all likelihood out of the picture. But of those top six teams there, yeah, what? We can't envision Villanova running the table here or UConn or Zay. Like it's the most unbelievable. Um, and Marquette is the best team in the in the conference. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Uh, but wow, none of us would be shocked if any of those teams won this thing, Donnie. Exactly. Yeah, Marquette's going to get that game coming up against Connecticut and Providence, which should be awesome as long as they beat St. John's and Butler. But keep in mind this, too. Xavier, the number two overall seed, hoping to get Fremantle back, not coming back. Surgery again. That's going to hurt. Yeah. We'll be right back. More conference talk. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Three more tournaments to go in this segment as we wait for Selection Sunday, which is this Sunday, and then March Madness underway. Away we go, in my goodness. Sometimes you say you want to save, like, the best for last, but this conference is so good, we got to separate and talk about it. It's the Big 12. There's 10 teams, Joe Ranieri, in the Big 12, which is hilarious, having said that, but at the same time, there are no layups in this conference. It is a single buy league, which one, two, three, looks like six teams are going to get that buy. But even the play-in games, number eight, West Virginia, and number nine, Texas Tech, which will take place on this, excuse me, this Wednesday, Oklahoma State and Oklahoma, the seven versus the 10. And then the other top seeds, Kansas, Texas, Kansas State, TCU, Iowa. I mean, it's unbelievable. If we're trying to line up the favorites in this conference, Kansas at a plus 270 price, Baylor at plus 380, Texas at plus 380, TCU at 470, everybody lumped up. But there's nowhere to hide. Like, you look at some of these other conferences, you know, 15-team leagues, like, oh, man, that's an easy walk-in. There are no walk-ins in this conference. This is going to be a bloodbath. So my question to you, who survives in the Big 12? Yeah, that is uh, that is the question, isn't it? Um, it it's I don't know that we're 
going to have uh, one of these uh, dark horses here with the Big 12. I, to me, I think Kansas is the they're the champs, Donnie. And until uh, until they lose, they're going to be the champs. They are a true number one seed, uh, regardless of what happens here in the Big 12 tournament. And they've been there and done this before. Bill Self knows how to get these kids ready to go. Uh, and they're defending. So to me, I, it would be great to say, oh, you know what? TCU is going to make a nice run. I, you know, I like Baylor, but I like Baylor more in the tournament than I do in this Big 12 conference tournament. So I'm just going to stick if it ain't broke, don't fix it here. I'm not going to try to get too cute. Kansas is the favorite for a reason. I think Kansas, uh, like they've done all year long in conference play, uh, for them to finish first in this ridiculousness proves to me they're mm -hmm. just that much cut above everyone else. I know this sounds crazy because when sometimes we take a look at these conferences that just devour each other, you'll see some of the coaches at the end and say, well, hold on. Like the Big 12 didn't perform all that well in March Madness. Why is that? Some of the coaches, hey, you know, every single night it was a grind. We didn't get to be like, let's just say Gonzaga where, you know, in years past, hey, we have three straight weeks. We don't play anybody. We play St. Mary's three straight weeks. We don't play anybody. It's a lot less pressure night in, night out. If I give you this, let's just say Candace, who is the top seed. West Virginia wins opening night against Texas Tech. They play Kansas and knock Kansas out. Could Kansas actually be better off for that? Because they're still going to have a high seed in the tournament, but they didn't have to play Friday and Saturday against top-level competition. You have injuries. You have fatigue that sets in. And then you find out where you're going on Sunday, and away you go in a plane to your new destination. Could it be one of those things where maybe you win a game but then drop out? And again, they're not looking to do this. Trust me. I'm just looking for is there a competitive advantage where you go, hey, you know what? Maybe it isn't so bad that we lost in this tournament and didn't have to play in the championship game on Saturday. No, it's, it, it's a solid point because it's not the end of the world for Kansas yeah. if they lose it early. It's not. They know it. We know it. Everybody knows it. However, um, that's easier said than done um, because they're not going to want to give the upper hand to anybody. They're not going to want anybody yes. to say, oh, well, we beat you in the Big 12 tournament. That's not how it works. So um, while it's possible and you're right, maybe in the long run, um, it's uh, look at that. Kansas uh, ended up losing quickly and now they get the rest and go. But uh, it's uh, careful with that because nobody wants to lose. Yeah. And they just lost, don't forget, to Texas to end the year. It's true. Uh, they don't want a couple of back-to-back -back losses heading into the tournament either. Yeah, it should be a fun one to watch it play out, but all season long, like you're going on the road and getting hammered. Now, granted, you're not really going on the road. It takes place in Kansas City, so it will be a neutral site, right. but that's going to be a fun one to watch it all the way play out. Is Chalk going to be in there? Because each one of these teams can beat anyone on any given night, and it should be interesting to watch it play out. Mountain West Conference here in Las Vegas. I mean, is there not a better place to play your conference championship than in Las Vegas? So many conferences now do, and probably with the advent of more and more down the road, Final Four is heading there. Just the ultimate destination nation this conference here is a single buy as well san diego state nevada san, san jose state boise state and utah state all getting those first round buys this tournament starts on wednesday march 8th with colorado state and fresno state if we're lining this one up joe san diego state is the favorite at a plus 155 price followed by utah state at plus 380 and right behind them boise state is this a chalky league where san diego state should be able to run the title or can somebody upset them? Because, again, it's neutral site for these guys. 
Yeah, I, I'm not a believer in San Diego State here because I do think uh, there is going to be a dark horse uh, that comes out in this one here, Donnie, and that dark horse is going to be Nevada, uh, given the fact that they have this three-headed uh, guard situation rolling there with Jared Lucas, uh, Blackshear, and Will Baker that at any moment can take over the game for him. And in a short tournament situation at this, uh, call me crazy here, um, I think they are alive. They're very well balanced. They can play some defense. Um, I believe also they're playing in it at the Thomas and Mac. They're at UNLV, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Right? That's what I'm So I think th that's going to be a huge advantage to them, too. They're going to have uh, a lot of home fans here. Uh, Steve Alford has been there, done that. This is a good basketball team. That has been flying under the radar because San Diego State and Boise State and some of these other teams have gotten the headlines. But do not sleep on Nevada to run the tables and win this thing. Yeah, how about this? UNLV actually does sit at 13-1, to 1, and it is at the Thomas and Max. A little bit of home cooking there for UNLV, which does play in that first round against Air Force. It's one of those things that if you can get that momentum, you can ride at home. You have the home court advantage. You're used to playing there, and certainly that fan support. But let's slide this over. Here's why we love conference tournament play. There's so many of them. Again, in this previous week, some of these tournaments were already decided. Some were tonight, which we're going to go over in just a few moments. And also, keeping it looking forward. Forward. But I have to say this. This just brings a little bit of smile to my face. On Friday night, the first game that they're going to play is a 9.30 Eastern start. The second game, Ooh. if that first game finishes on time, which you know there is no tomorrow, you foul late here, it's not due to start until midnight on Friday night. I mean, this is, this is what we live for on March Madness, right? Stay. It's the weekend. Stay up and watch some basketball. That's exact. No reason and no excuse not to be a part of it. Uh, games start uh, first thing, and they go right through uh, for a nice 12-hour uh, cycle, Donnie. I got no problem uh, with that. Buckle up, like we say, right? Because not always going to work on your time slot here on the East Coast, no. but it will certainly be some of the later games that uh, the West Coast is used to seeing because most of their games are over uh, by 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night. So uh, this uh, this one going to be a, uh, a fun one out there for sure. Tremendous. All eyes on the West Coast tournament here. Typically, it is St. Mary's versus Gonzaga. But I feel like this conference tournament sets up so oddly compared to the other ones because St. Mary's will take place, or excuse me, their first game is supposed to be here. It looks like... Uh, against BYU, Tonight. Gonzaga versus San Francisco. Yeah. Exactly. So you had these tournaments yep. already begin last week. You had Portland, San Diego, BYU, Portland, uh, Loyola Marymount, BYU. Like these teams have played three games already before they take on yep. the top seed. So it feels like we're doing a preview, but it's already the tournament has begun. But technically, it really starts tonight because St. Mary's and Gonzaga get into this. Talk about like BYU already having to win three games before taking on St. Mary. San Francisco had to do the exact same thing. Are they too fatigued yep. at this point here? And what an advantage does St. Mary's and Gonzaga have tonight in this? It's wild yeah. to think. I mean, there's a there's a reason why we're always year after year after year talking about Gonzaga and St. Mary's <laughs> in a final in the Western Jeez. Conference. It's the same thing here this year. Um, I was able to get um, the Zags a couple of weeks ago at uh, I like my, minus 115, minus 120 to win it. Um, against and of course it's going to be against St. Mary's make no mistake about this they were just to put it in a comparison Gonzaga was a four dollar yeah. favorite to win it last year 
Uh, and now this year, um, they're playing right down the stretch. They've already beaten St. Mary's right over the last couple of weeks here. Yeah. I just think there's they have figured some things out there in the rotations. And uh, Mark Few and company, uh, they're ready to make a run at this thing. I, a lot of people have already stuck a fork in the Zags. I wasn't one of them. And at, uh, you know, pretty much even money to be able to hop on the Zags to win the Western Conference, uh, a conference they have... <laughs> They have dominated for quite a while here now. Um, I thought was just great value, and they are also a team people are going to sleep on in uh, March Madness. I won't be one of them, though. Yeah, you take a look right now at the FanDuel Sportsbook to win this conference. Again, you basically have to win tonight and then win tomorrow, and you cut the nets down. Gonzaga is a minus-160 favorite here, followed by St. Mary's at a yep. plus-130. So we anticipate both of those teams lining up. Quick off the topic here. We know the SEC is going to get underway. Alabama is that top seed. The SEC also does have a double buy. Is Alabama going to win this tournament here? Or again, are we a little bit worried about them? Could it be Missouri, Texas A&M, Kentucky coming through there? Give me just a quick synopsis here of Alabama in this SEC tournament, what you expect from them. Alabama is the best team in the SEC, period. Having said that, they are um, not home, uh, and this is going to be a uh, an opportunity for one of these other teams uh, to take a shot. But I, I think we're going to learn a little bit more. They have been the most resilient team all year, Alabama. Just when you think the wheels are about to fall off, guess what happens? They don't fall off, and they win games. Uh, if they continue with that, then you have to consider them to be, uh, you know, final four, if not champion, when it's all said and done. Yeah, it should be an interesting one in the SEC. Keep in mind, the SEC championship game is not till Sunday. And the thing I always love about the committee, they basically go like, yeah, these games on Sunday finish up too late, even if they're going to be automatic qualifiers. It's amazing that happens, but it does. The NBA, big slate tonight. We're going to cover that next. Keep it right here. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Six-pack of action tonight in the NBA and a lot to be decided coming down the stretch. So we're going to cover that and all. And granted, we are focused on March Madness and college basketball. Unbelievable previews today. Having some fun with that. But the NBA, again, it's not single elimination, obviously. But with teams with 20 or so games left to play, there is a lot to be decided. And let's take a look at a big game tonight. We're going to start the Celtics and the Cavaliers. The Celtics are going to go on the road after a double overtime loss to the New York Knicks yesterday. If we line this game up, the Celtics on the road 20 and 11 on the season the Cavaliers at 27 and 7 if we take a look at the game itself how about this heavy favorite at the FanDuel Sportsbook here for the Cavaliers minus six a total listed at 218 and a half 
We're going to have to wait to see what the official starting lineups will be because it's always interesting, number one, on a back-to-back, and number two, on a back-to-back where you go on the road after you play double overtime. But just looking at the squad here for the Boston Celtics, Smart, White, Brown, Tatum, and Muscala. Then if we flip it over to the Cavaliers tonight, Garland, Mitchell, Okoro, Mobley, and Allen. Double OT yesterday. Celtics getting points today. Worthy of a flyer on the Celtics? Or, hey, man, they expend a lot of energy yesterday. I just can't take them in this spot. Well, they they did uh, certainly put out a whole lot of energy. I mean, we're still seeing Brogdon, Robert Williams, and Gallinari out for Boston uh, here tonight. Uh, And it wouldn't shock me if uh, we get either a Brown or a Tatum situation or Marcus Smart. They're going to need all hands on deck here. And the ironic part is two of the three games that they've already played against Cleveland have gone to overtime as well. So these two teams are, like it or not, they, they, they battle. And uh, it's usually close games. They did just play, I believe, last week, Wednesday, in fact, uh, in which Boston was able to get it done at home. But that was 117-113. So these, they don't blow one another out. It's usually the Tatum versus Donovan Mitchell show. Uh, and it's gonna ha- I think it's going to shape up to be uh, that as well. I think the... The number speaks volumes as to maybe there is one or two more uh, injury names going to show up on that list here tonight that uh, maybe uh, not on there right now. Would not shock me if Brown is not in this game. Would not shock me if Marcus Smart maybe shows up on this. Um, I think there's six tells me there might be uh, one or two more names on there taking a night off. Yeah, and rightfully so here at the FanDuel Sports, where we do not have any player props yet for this game. So we'll be deciding who's in and who's out. We certainly make that informed decision a little bit later. Let's keep it moving here in the Eastern Conference. The Philadelphia 76ers, fresh off of ending the Bucs' winning streak on the road Saturday, will still be on the road tonight, taking on the Indiana Pacers. The Sixers on the road, 17 and 12 overall. The Pacers at home, 18 and 5. If we set the stage for this one, minus six and a half here as a road favorite for the Philadelphia 76ers with a total listed at 233 if we're taking a look at the anticipated starting lineup tonight maxi excuse me harden maxi harris tucker and Embiid, and then flipping it over to the pacers side of it halliburton nemhard healed naismith and turner let the good times roll for the philadelphia 76ers tonight or those pacers with their backs against the wall to be dangerous well and again this is another one of those situations where understand who's playing for philadelphia because tobias harris and pj tucker um were Mm -hmm. you know missed that game in milwaukee there we had back spasms we had a calf injury there uh so make sure 100 that these guys are a go because it's a big ask if all of a sudden the sixers down a couple of starters had to go to milwaukee now they're gonna have to go uh, to Indiana as well. So this is uh, the time of the year where you really want to make sure you know who's playing, who is not playing. And for the Pacers, Halliburton is the big question, right? With Halliburton, they are a totally different animal than without him. He's still showing up on the injury report. So let's make sure he's a go as well if we're thinking about uh Uh, backing the Pacers but if all things equal Halliburton goes Harris goes Tucker goes uh Sixers laying what six on the road I have Mm -hmm. no problem uh, with that at all I also have no problem uh looking at the uh I believe the over in this one is probably not a bad look either 
If we take a look at the game here at the FanDuel Sportsbook, player props only show one player. It's Joel Embiid tonight. His player prop points yeah. listed at 32 and a half. So something to keep an eye on, as Joe pointed out there. Let's see who actually gets to the starting gate, particularly for the Philadelphia 76ers. We'll keep it moving here on the East Coast Trail Blazers and Detroit Pistons. The Blazers come into this game 13 and 19 on the road. The Pistons, a dismal 8 and 23 at home. Lining this one up, the Trail Blazers are a six-point favorite here at the FanDuel Sportsbook with a total listed at 230. Now, granted, it's Dame time here. That's what they need at this point. They need every single win they can get. How do you approach a game like this? Because should the Trailblazers be six-point favorites against anybody? We'll see. But when you have one team that's at least showing they need to win basketball games in the Trailblazers and a team like the Pistons that's actively not trying to win, how do you approach a game like this tonight? Is it bet Dame props? You expect the Trailblazers to win? Or you say, I don't know if I trust them to win by margin because it's going to be have to be seven-plus points here. So I think the big one here is uh, Detroit and Bogdanovich. He did not play Saturday. Uh, Isaiah Stewart still listed as out right now. Um, and we also, I think they lost Killian Hayes in that last game as well, where they got absolutely uh, boat raced Detroit. Uh, but it was a close game at the half, but they turned the ball over 24 times. Um, it, it, it absolute mess of an organization uh, right now. And I mean, 114 to 90, uh, Cleveland just beat them up pretty good here. And they're going to lose now if they don't have Bogdanovich. Where else are the points coming from here? So uh, Detroit's health to me is the bigger concern. Portland off the, uh, you know, a second of a back-to-back doesn't bother me because they have done a really good job of beating the teams they're supposed to beat this year. Um, I'm worried about it from a total perspective because if Killian Hayes doesn't go, Bogdanovich doesn't go, this game ain't getting to 230 because the Pistons are going to be lucky. I mean, their team total in that game against Cleveland, Donnie, was 101. When's the last time we've seen a team total in this NBA where we didn't think they'd get to 100 points? And P.S., they only got to 90. Jeez, that's a good point you bring up there also. It's the fun we always have on the show here when we talk about player points, props here. Damian Lillard is always interesting because he's so far and away higher than everybody else. Last yep. game out, 41 points. It would have went over his prop today at the FanDuel Sportsbook, 36 and a half. So I ask you this, Joe Ranieri, as we sit here today on a Monday morning doing the show, Dame is on the road and needs 37 plus to cash in this ticket. You get a free wager, yes or no, Dame goes over 36 and a half. I, I would lean to the under because of Detroit's mm -hmm. inability to score. He may not need yeah. to drop 40 in this game is what I'm thinking. And if it was a more competitive team, then yes, because without Simons, without Nurkic, it's got to be Dame time. This game could be over by the third quarter. So I don't, I'm not, uh, I'm not thinking he needs to drop 40 tonight to beat the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, like a one-man wrecking crowd here each and every yeah. night. And it's like, ooh, I'm going to go under. And then we see some of the games where he's had just a few games ago, 71 points. Let's keep it in the East. The Hawks and the Heat, big doings here in the Eastern Conference. Hawks come in 32-32, and 32, but 14-19 and 19 on the road. The Miami Heat, 34-31 and 31 down on South Beach at 20-12, and 12, lining this game up minus three as a home favorite here for the Miami Heat. That total is set at 229-and-a-half. Hey, you got to some sort of get the ball rolling here if you're Atlanta, but also at the same time with the Miami Heat. Something has to give here. Are you willing to lay the three points tonight in South Beach with the Miami Heat, Joe? 
Yeah, we just saw them, didn't they? Um, I mean, we just saw this game. So, uh, and Miami needed a win, and Miami got a win. So now, all of a sudden, uh, we're back at it again. Interesting note here. Um, I, I can't bet the Heat laying points against anybody uh, because of these long stretches they go without scoring drives me absolutely nuts. However, Atlanta has run a pretty interesting streak now here, Donnie. 39 consecutive games of at least 100 or more points. So uh, the ah. idea of keeping them uh, under that is not uh, usually what's going on. The Heat have won two or three from Atlanta so far this year. Uh, would I be shocked if Atlanta wins? Absolutely not, simply because the Miami Heat, they go through these stretches of not being able to score and allow teams like the Atlanta Hawks uh, to jump right in uh, and take advantage. So uh, I lean Heat, but more importantly, I would lean the over in this one because Miami's going to have to score to win this game. Player point props here at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Jimmy Butler, 22.5. Bam Adebayo, 20.5. Trey Young, 23.5. And, and DeJounta Murray at 19.5. The best team in the NBA at home. Who is that? That is the Denver Nuggets. They're going to take on the Toronto Raptors tonight here at a 9 o'clock tip Eastern. The Raptors on the road this year, Joe. We're 12 and 20 overall. And as we said, the Nuggets so dominant at home, 29 and 4. If we look at the line for this one, the Denver Nuggets minus 6 here at the FanDuel Sportsbook. A total of 229. Is it just so simple to take Dallas at home or the Raptors getting it together? Can they stay within that number or quite possibly pull off the road upset tonight? Well, I mean, Toronto is is red hot. I mean, they're, they've won 9 of 12. This is a five-game road trip. Uh, they'll have three games uh, left. They did beat the Wizards um, uh, a couple of games there while they split with the Wizards. Uh, but, you know, they are battling for that one of those final spots there, Donnie. And here you got Denver at home, which you mentioned, um, let's be reasonable, uh, they've got depth. They've got Mr. Triple-Double. Uh, they've got mm -hmm. a whole lot working in their favor. Uh, six feels like a lot here. Toronto, certainly uh, the way they have been playing with, uh, with Van Fleet uh, healthy again could give them uh, a bit of a run for the money here. I'd wait to see if this thing comes down at all. Let's see if Toronto starts getting some money throughout the day because whether it's six or six and a half, I think, you, you know, laying it with Denver, if that's the way you're going to go, I don't think you're going to get necessarily a much worse number than this, but you might be able to get a better number if Toronto money comes in. Mr. Triple-Double, last week, late week, we talked about the Nuggets and said, well, what's the price here on Nikola Jokic? It was a minus 105. I looked tonight to record a triple-double for Nikola Jokic. Minus 125 tonight. So Ooh. you're not getting any plus money here out of Jokic. If you're looking at this tonight and you have a free bet, Joe Ranieri, are you betting a triple-double tonight for Nikola Jokic? Uh, yes. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. There's no need to bet against it. Like, don't do it. We can make a song about it. Just bet it. You get a free bet, bet it. It's always one of the easier bets on the board, isn't it? It seems like it is here. Pell's Kings late night tonight, 10 o'clock Eastern start. We're looking at points, the highest total on the board. That is this game at 238, a favorite here for the Kings at minus five and a half. Any thoughts here for the Pelicans as we wait for Zion to make his on-court appearance? Not going to happen tonight. Did the Kings get it done tonight out in Sacktown? Well, you got to keep an eye. I mean, Valentunis, uh, Richardson, Alvarado, Larry Nance Jr. all have been missing in action 
Uh, and also just make sure with uh, Sacramento, as uh, De'Aaron Fox has uh, shown up on the injury report a couple of days over the weekend when we didn't think he would. So keep an eye on this, but there's just not enough scoring with New Orleans for me to back them in this kind of spot. I think the Kings at home might be worth the look also. I ain't sweating out of Kings under. I'll tell you that right now. I'd only look over here, Donnie. Fox, Herter, Barnes, Murray, and Sabonis estimated in the starting lineup tonight for those Kings. They try to hold on to playoff positioning here. But talk about holding on to playoff positioning and his rank here at the Sports Grid Network. Joe Ranieri put in work on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday. Said, you know what? I need one more show here on a Monday morning. Joe Ranieri, you are a pro's pro for hanging with us in the morning. I'm going to close it out next year. Power fives into the madness. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Final segment of the day here for a Monday. What a week to start in style at the Sports Grid Network, Series XM Channel 159. Both myself and Joe Ranieri, 7 to 9 a.m., powering through. And we want to thank you for Joe for coming in Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and also Monday. Tomorrow, boy, K-Dubs will be back with us on the early line. And away we go into March Madness. We talk some NBA action today. And also, one of our favorite topics, as always, is the Combine. What comes out of it? Should anything actually come out of it? But the one thing we do know, Anthony Richardson is a specimen, and we'll see if that improves his draft stock into the top 10, which a lot of people are speculating that is going to be the case. But as we talked about the NBA, sure, it's exciting here, but this might be my favorite week of college basketball. Power fives and also group of fives enter into the equation, automatic bids up in the air, bid stealers all across the board. So you know what? Let's talk about it. Listen up. sensational stuff that basically look today you're going to have teams that are going to be able to punch their ticket into March Madness you're just going to have other conferences in the group of fives getting underway today but the big boys as we like to say the power five conferences all start up starting on Tuesday and away we go all the way through till Sunday with the culmination being selection Sunday what around 6 p.m eastern time we know exactly who's playing in the tournament and where they are playing and also we can fill out those brackets have some fun take some of those futures but I feel like we get a head start on that because last week was awesome this week's even better as you saw myself and Joe Ranieri going over some of the futures markets in these power five conference championship tournaments a lot of fun a lot of money to be had it's almost like a mini March Madness before March Madness actually begins and having some fun in those first four games out there in Dayton and then obviously into the pod system and the sweet 16s the elite eights the final fours and the championship it's going to be exciting to watch every Every single thing play out. So what you need to do, keep it here with the Sports Grid Network and make sure you're filled in on everything to help you be a little more educated better here during the process. But Ben Stevens is coming up next year on the morning after. I will be a part of that show in the first hour. So make sure you stay tuned. Thanks again for listening and watching to The Early Line. We'll be back tomorrow. Stay tuned for Ben Stevens up next. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 